Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't we serve a good, good God? Amen. Stand for the reading of God's Word. Thank you for all who honored us for Pastor's Appreciation. We love you and we're thankful to be here and we're excited about the future. Amen. Appreciate all of our wonderful pastors. Are there any thankful folk in the house? You know, this coming week, Calvary Creative, don't we have the best worship team on the planet? We're just so blessed. They're going to be releasing their brand new single, Thank You, Jesus. And that's one of the favorite songs around here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're always good. Your love endures. I give you praise. How many of you love that song? Actually, Pastor Courtney Rayleigh, my daughter, wrote that song. Isn't that something? And we're going to be releasing it this Friday. You can go on iTunes or, or however you download music, and you can download that song. So we want you to be a part of that. But coming into November, I just think we ought to talk about being thankful. And of all that I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for my wife, my girlfriend, my woman on the side, all in one. Come on. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my church. But I'm most thankful for Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to start a series called Thank You, Jesus, for the next couple of weeks. Psalms 107, verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is what? Shouted out. Good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody shout so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and the north and the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress, and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to the city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men and women, come on now, would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in the darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in afflictions and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought their hearts down with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains to pieces. Hallelujah. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron into fools because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Their soul abhorred them all manner of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice with the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. I just had to read that entirety. 
The Bible said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Watch this. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Anybody glad of that? I want to preach along these lines forever thankful. I'm going to remain thankful. If you find me next week, next month, next year, Jim Rayleigh is going to be thankful. How many of you want to be forever thankful? Come on. Slip up your hands if you're thankful. Lord, release anointing today as I teach and preach the word that you've given me. We gather here today and we say thank you. Thank you for all your blessings in our lives. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a great praise. Before you sit down, just, just push two or three people and tell them I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. You know, unthankful people are a drain, aren't they? Unthankful people are never satisfied. You never can do enough for them. But there are many of us who know we've come further than we ought to have come, and God's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Is there anybody thankful in the room today? I'm a thankful man. Jewish people believe that every other offering, there's actually an offering for Thanksgiving called a Thanksgiving offering. They believe that every other offering is going to eventually be suspended at the time of the fulfillment of the Messianic kingdom. In fact, every other offering is going to be suspended, Pentecost and atonement and first fruits and more. There'll come a day when those offerings will never be celebrated or required again. But as I've studied this, I found out that Jewish people believe that there's only one offering that will never cease. There's only one offering that will always be throughout time and eternity. People will always offer a thanksgiving offering to the Lord. 10,000 years from now, people will still be offering thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says his mercy endures forever. You'll never run out of being thankful. You'll never run out of thankfulness because here's the truth, y'all. Even 10,000 years from now, when we finally made it to heaven, when we finally are reigning on earth, we'll still look back and say, thank the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody who wants to start right now and say, man, I'm going to be thankful today. Anybody thankful today? Come on. Now, now, even to be called a Jew or Jewish points the Jewish people back to thankfulness. Jew comes from the word Judah. And the very first part of the word Judah is Jew. And the first part of the word Judah in the Hebrew means to thank. So the, word, the terminology, terminology Jew or, or Jewish literally means thankful. God said, I'm going to find me a people who will be thankful. I'm going to bless a people who will be thankful. I'm going to choose a people who will be thankful. I'm going to anoint and increase a people who will be thankful. I wonder, are there any thankful people in the house today? Let me hear from you if you are thankful. Come on, I'm thankful. It showed me something very powerful. The term Judah means, means praise, but it, the, the term Jew means thankful. So the beginning of the word Judah actually means to thank. All praise, y'all, begins with thankfulness. If you can't praise the Lord, it's because you're not thankful. If you can't clap your hands, you forgot where he brought you from. If you can't say glory to God, then it's because you're not thankful. But I feel like in the early service on Calvary Christian Center campus in Ormond Beach, there's some thankful people in the house today. Come on, are you thankful today? 
Now, now, Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving offering among the Jews is called the Korban Todah. And the Jewish people believe, according to what Psalms 107, that there are four types of people that ought to give thanks to God. There are four kinds of people, according to Psalms 107, that I just read, that ought to be obligated to celebrate the Korban Todah, not just once a year, but every day, that Thanksgiving offering. Psalms 107.4 says this, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way in the desert. They found no city to dwell in. They were hungry and they were thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses and he led them forth by a right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works among the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hunger soul with goodness. Now, number one, anyone who has survived desert places ought to give God thanks. The Jews believe that anybody who made it through the wilderness ought to give God thanks. Anybody who survived the desert ought to have no trouble being thankful. In the Bible, the wilderness almost always represents the desert. And I've been in the Israeli desert many times, and y'all, it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life, but quite honestly, it is dry, it is desolate, it is harsh, and it is usually hot. And all of us in this room have dry places. We have desolate places. We have difficult places. We've all endured desert places. You say, Pastor Rayleigh, I have not. What do you have to say about that? I have to say, get ready. Can I get a witness in the house? As I study deserts in the Bible, the desert actually has two faces as it relates to the people who face them. Now, honestly, when you look at the word desert, uh, at the word, you'll find out that no one is exempt to deserts. Everyone has to go through things that sometimes they would rather not go through. We all have desert seasons. Tell your neighbor, we all have desert seasons. Yeah, yeah, I don't care how saved you are, we all have desert seasons. Abraham dealt with a desert, Moses, Hagar, Jacob, David, and even Jesus all dealt with desert seasons. But there are two faces of desert seasons. Moses, Hagar, and Jacob, and David wound up in the desert because they were running from something, or they were running from someone. So there are two faces when it comes to the desert, two realities. David fled Saul, Jacob fled Esau, Hagar fled Sarah, and Moses ran in fear from Pharaoh. The desert sea, sometimes we hate it and we despise it, but oftentimes the desert is the route that we use for escape. David was escaping Saul. Jacob was escaping Esau. Hagar was escaping Sarah. Moses was escaping Pharaoh. See, when we escape that re abusive relationship or that dead-end job or that jacked-up past or that dysfunctional season, oftentimes it seems like we have to go through a desert to get out. But I've come to tell somebody, the desert is often a clue that I'm coming out of a negative, oppressive, and difficult 
difficult season. See, the devil wants you to think your season of a desert is about the destruction. But the reality of it all is this. If God is involved in your desert, then you're coming out of something. You're escaping something. Deserts are not destinations. They are just part of your escape route. Some of you have been in a desert right now, but it's because you're escaping from a negative circumstance that the enemy wanted to keep you in. That's why you got to learn to praise God in the desert. Because your desert is not your destination. The desert is part of your escape route. The desert is not your destiny. The desert is part of your escape route. God will lead you through the desert because he has a plan for your life. God spoke to Hagar in the desert. God spoke to Moses in the desert. God spoke to Abraham in the desert. God spoke to David in the desert. If you're in a desert right now, get ready. God's about to speak to you. I can't find anybody who will praise the Lord with me in the desert. They found out God was who he said he was when they got in the desert. They heard God in a greater way in the desert. They found out that God was faithful in the desert. Jesus went in the desert, and when he came out, he came out with more power. When Jesus came out of the desert, he came out empowered by the Holy Spirit. God will speak to us in the desert. He will reveal himself and his plan in the desert. And when you come out of the desert, you're going to come out with power. See, the devil doesn't want you to know it because he wants you to think you are trapped in a desolate desert season. But in the name of Jesus, I drop by to tell somebody that your desert is not forever. Your destiny is going to be developed in the desert. And the very thing the devil thinks he's going to use in the desert to destroy you, God said, I'm going to get you ready for the next season. I'm going to get you ready for the next thing because there are things that I had to get you out of before I could get you to where I wanted to take you. Moses, I had to take you away from Pharaoh. Hagar, I had to take you away from Sarah. Hear me in this room. I'm glad I know a God that has a plan beyond what I see. My, 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 I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Come on, somebody. Hear me in this room. You think the desert is all about your death? Baby, it's about your escape. Maybe you're in a desert. Maybe you've been in a desert. But I have to look back at my desert, and I have to say, God, while I was worried, while I was crying, while I was sick inside, while I felt nauseated and upset about my circumstances, I didn't even realize it. But I was escaping at that very moment. I was headed somewhere. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. See, here's what you've got to understand. Deserts often lead us to a new thing that God is about to do in my life. Praise God. Your desert is a clue that a new thing is coming. When you get in a desert and you get in a bad situation, begin to thank the Lord because that means a new thing is about to manifest. Stop looking back at the old thing. Stop looking back at what you came out of. God's got a new thing. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Sometimes it's hard to see the new thing when you get in the desert. It's hard to comprehend the new thing. But see, there are some desert survivors. You are not a desert dweller. They never built the houses in the desert when the children of Israel were journeying to Israel. They never built a house. They always dwelt in tents. 
even God wouldn't allow his own place to be a house. He said, make it a tent. He said, because this is not where my people are supposed to be. They are on a journey. Some of y'all have been breaking ground, trying to build a house. You've been trying to pour foundations in the desert. You've been trying to make it in the desert, the desert of old relationships, the desert of a jacked up past, the desert of pain from the things that you've been through. But God brought me here to tell you that your desert is not eternal, that you are headed to another level, that you are headed to another place. Now it becomes more powerful if you've ever made it through a desert. Now I gotta talk to some people who can look back and say, Jim Rayleigh, I am a living witness that sometimes you go through a desert, but I got to stop and thank the Lord now because in the name of Jesus, I'm not living where I was. I have come through some deserts. Look what the Lord has done. If he's brought you through a desert, you ought to have no trouble giving him thanks right now. Oh, if it didn't look good, but today it looks better, you ought to give him thanks right now. If it was dry and hot, but today God made a way right out of no way, you ought to stop, pause, hit the pause button, and just say, let me thank you, God. I'm one of the ones that can say I made it through the desert. The Jews believed that anybody who made it through a desert season ought to thank the Lord. Can anybody thank God for a desert that you come out of? Deserts that you escaped from. New things that God led you through. Even if you're in a desert right now, if God is in it, get ready. You're coming out of trouble and you're coming into triumph in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at the second type of person that the Jews believed ought to be thankful. Psalms 107:18 says, Their soul hoard all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from all their distresses. He sent his word, and he healed them, and he delivered them from all their destructions. One translation said, he sent his word, watch this, and he healed their diseases. Somebody say diseases. See, number two, anyone who has ever been healed ought to give God thanks. I got about 12 people. I said, anybody who's ever been healed ought to give God thanks. Jewish people believe that if you've ever been healed of anything, then you ought to be thankful. I love this because the Bible said he sent his word and he healed their diseases. Now the word healed, the Hebrew word is the word rafa. It literally means to restore, to heal, to become healthy. It speaks of total and complete restoration of the body, of the soul, of the mind, and of the spirit. It speaks of a God who can heal anybody, anytime, anywhere of any malady, any issue, any problem, any situation, any circumstances. His name is Yahweh, Jehovah Rapha, God my healer, Jehovah my physician, Jehovah my doctor. Jehovah means the existing one. Jehovah means the real one. A real simple understanding of the word Jehovah means the God who exists. So if you take Jehovah and you put it with Rapha, Jehovah Rapha means the God who exists to heal and to make healthy and to completely restore the God who exists to heal. He exists to heal. You call him Jehovah Jireh, the God who exists to provide. You, you call him Jehovah Shalom, the God who exists to bring peace. He said, I exist to, to heal you. I 
I exist to restore you. I exist to deal with any sickness, any problem, any malady, any issue. I, I exist to heal it. Hear me in this room. Psalms 103.3 says Jehovah Rapha sent his word. He forgives all of our sins. He heals all of our disease. Not some of it, not most of it, not part of it, not a few, but he heals all our disease. How can you have confidence in him if he can't take care of it all? Now, disease is actually two words. It's the words dis and ease. Dis means without, and ease means ease. So when you put the word disease together, it means without ease. And here's what we begin to understand. Anywhere you are diseased, anywhere you are without ease, God is able to heal it. He can touch your disease. Hallelujah. The disease in your marriage, the disease in your family, the disease in your finances, the disease in your body, the dis-ease in your mind, the dis-ease in your relationship, the dis-ease in the way of your thinking. He'll heal your dis-ease past. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals it all. He doesn't heal part of it or some of it or most of it. He heals all of it. Jewish people believe that anybody who's healed of any dis-ease ought to be eternally thankful. See, there are some of you, maybe you forgot how good the Lord has really been to you. How many diseases has he taken care of? Maybe you've never been healed from cancer, but you've been healed from a jacked up, diseased, messed up relationship that was trying to drag you in the pit. You've been healed from a diseased way of thinking. You've been healed from the disease of addiction, the disease of depression, the disease of fear, the disease of doubt, the disease of worry, the disease of anxiety, and you can sit in church today and act like God didn't do it for you or you can do what the Jews do and say thank you God for every time that you healed my disease when I couldn't heal it myself you sent your word and healed my disease I'm only here today because he healed me I'm only here today because he put me back together good God almighty give the Lord a praise if he healed your disease Oh, I don't know if you can handle it today, but there are people around you that don't appreciate your thanks, but they don't know how diseased you were. They don't know what you came through. But if he healed you body, soul, mind, or spirit, you ought to go ahead and magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Heal people ought to praise him. Heal people ought to shout. Heal people ought to dance. Heal people ought to jump. Heal people ought to run. I've been healed of my disease. Jewish people believed that anybody and everybody who God had healed in any way ought to be thankful. Now the third type of person that the Jews believe should be thankful to the Lord is this type of person found in Psalms 107:21. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for all mankind. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants in the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths 
in their peril, their courage melted away. Everybody's courageous when it doesn't require courage. But when it gets tough, where y'all at? That's when you find out what you're made of. The Bible says their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered. They're in a storm now like drunkards. They were at their wits end. They were in a storm now. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their stress. He stilled their storm to a whisper. How many of y'all know the things that used to shout at you, whisper at you now? Come on. He stilled their storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. See, number three, the Jews believed that anyone who has survived any storms ought to give God thanks. See, if you've made it through any storm, you ought to give God thanks. If you've made it through any rough season, any rough weather in life, you ought to give God thanks. You'll have no trouble thanking God if you made it through a storm. I wish I could tell you today that following Jesus means you'll never face a storm. I wish I could tell you today that the waters of life will always be calm, but I can't, y'all. I'm going to tell you, sometimes life comes with trouble. Sometimes you face storms. But the truth is, those who don't follow Jesus encounter storms, and those who follow Jesus encounter storms. So if I got to go through a storm, I want to make sure I go through the storm with Jesus. I got about 40% of you getting on board now. You're starting to realize what I'm saying. I'm saying everybody has to deal with storms. I don't care if you love Jesus or you don't love Jesus. Sometime in your life, you're going to have to deal with a storm. So if I'm going to have to deal with a storm, I want the one in the vessel with me who can step out and say, peace be still. See, there's people dealing with storms and then their money can't fix it, their education can't fix it, their car can't fix it, and their house can't fix it. But when you and me go through a storm, we know the peace speaker that can step out and say, peace be still. Good God, give him a praise if you're thankful today that he can calm your storms. Whether we like it or not, we face storms. Whether we like it or not, we go through things we don't like. And the choice is, will you face it with Jesus or without him? I don't know about you, but I have decided I want Jesus all the time. Good weather or bad, I want Jesus all the time. Many of us know we've encountered stormy times and strong winds and strong situations. But we made it because we didn't keep our eye on the storm. We kept our eye on Jesus. We made it because we didn't keep our eye on the, on the storm. We kept our eyes on Jesus. I remember the last hurricane, that, that heifer, Irma. Come on. I, I didn't like Irma at all. We've got a precious Irma in our church, but that Irma, I didn't like her. Because, listen, that was a rough storm. We, we, we stayed for that storm. I don't think I'm going to stay for another one. I think the Lord is telling me, get out and go anywhere but where the storm is. 
because that storm was rough, y'all. It wasn't, where I live, I live right on the water, and there were, there were tornadoes that came through and tore houses up all around us. Our roof was damaged. We are still in the process of trying to get our house put back together. We are still dealing with leaky issues and problems. But, but we, were, we all were down in our den. All of my children, they were sleeping on the, on the floor. Some of us were sleeping on couches. I was sleeping in a recliner, and, and the, the electricity was off, and, and it was so bad. We heard the tornadoes all around us. We heard the weather getting worse and worse and worse, and we had dozed, and we woke up before the sun came up, and it was still just terrible weather. But Dawn and I, we went outside to see what was going on, and when we walked outside, you could not see where the river stopped and our house started. You, you just literally, the water was all in our yard, and it was probably... Our pool, we have a swimming pool. Our pool was completely packed with water, and it is about this far from the pool to the back door. Let me tell you what Dawn did. Dawn stood there, and she began to bind the devil. I mean, there's waves in our yard. She began to plead the blood of Jesus, and she told that storm, she told that water, you will not go in my house. You are not going through that door in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you what happened. She spoke to that storm. She spoke to that water, and I still can't believe it. That water, not a drop of it came in our house through that door. It should have literally destroyed us. The surge should have taken us out. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying that we didn't go through the storm. I'm not saying we didn't have some damage, but it could have been worse. Tell your neighbor, I'm not saying I didn't go through a storm, but it could have been worse. Ah. I could not be here today. I could have lost everything. I'm not saying I didn't go through a storm, but it could have been worse. Some of you are in a storm right now. You say, what should I do? Do what Pastor Don Don did. When you face a storm in life, rise up, take authority over the storm, and speak to it in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, you can just sit there if you want to, but I need a little praise break because it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have took me out. It could have took my marriage out. It could have took my children out. It could have took my family out. It could have been worse, but I stand here as a living witness that my God is the peace speaker. Glory, 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 glory. One thing I found out that night, baby, one thing I found out, storms are loud. Come on now. Storms are intense, and especially the storms of life. How many of y'all know sometimes storms in life get loud? But listen to what the Bible declares in Psalms 107, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed, hushed. Hear me in this room. The Bible said he calms the storm. He literally says to the storm, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Excuse my harsh vernacular here this morning, but it's time to get bold in God and tell your storm to shut up. Where are the believers that will tell your storm to shut up? 
I know that's that's harsh vernacular and that's too much for somebody, but you don't mind saying shut up outside the church and now when the pastor says shut up and I'm telling your storm and your devil to shut up, you ought to be able to look at the devil and say shut up. Shut up about my past. Shut up about my problem. Shut up about my issue. Shut up about my sickness, devil. I'm not depending on you anyway. There is a God who can tell my storm. Be quiet. Hush. Be quiet. Shut up. Somebody needs to get bold right now and tell your storm, shut up. Be quiet. Depression, be quiet. Sickness, shut up. Divorce, shut up. Addiction, shut up. Sexual confusion, shut up. Hallelujah. Cry out to God. He will show up and shut up your storm. The sound of your cry needs to become louder than the sound of your storm. Jewish people believe that if he ever brought you out of a storm, you ought to be thankful. One side note, those that don't understand the intensity of your thanks and the level of your praise just don't know the severity of your storm. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, until you understand, until you understand the severity of my storm, you may not understand the intensity of my praise. Can somebody who made it through a storm give God a praise? I made it through that storm of loss. I made it through that storm of depression. I made it through that storm of sickness. I made it through that storm of abandonment. My God showed up and told my storm, shut up. Shut up, you don't have the last word I do. Shut up. Oh, Jesus, I need somebody to praise him right now. Tell your neighbor, I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today. I got to praise him today. I got to clap my hands today. I got to shout on the God today. You don't know what I made it through. You don't know what I survived. You don't know how it should have took me out. But hallelujah, I made it. I made it. I praise him because I survived storms. I praise him because he made a way. And don't let anybody hinder your thankfulness. They have no idea that you should have sunk. You should have drowned. You should have went down. There's people who backslid over what you've been through. Now, the fourth person who ought to be thankful is found in Psalms 107, 14. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he broke, for he has broken the gates of bronze. Watch this. And he cut the bars in two, T-W-O. The Jews believe that anybody who has ever been set free from bondage ought to give God thanks. I just stopped by to ask somebody today, is there anybody in this room this morning, one way or another, he has set you free from bondage? Oh, I know you're in church now. 
and you want to sit there and be religious and cute but I get tired of cute religious people I get tired of people who strut around with their nose up and they let when they shake hands with you they shake hands like this like kiss my ring look at me they don't say God they say God come on I went to I went to I, I went to cemetery I mean seminary and I learned how to say God come on I'm tired of uppity religious people who have forgotten that God set them free see when you realize that the Lord set you free you won't be dogging nobody out who's struggling in the church you won't be looking down and lost people because you know if God did it for you he can do it for them free people act differently people that been set free they praise differently people that been set free they don't give a rip what anybody says about them on their pew because nobody on that pew can appreciate what they've been delivered from where are the people good God almighty that could thank him today for all that he has freed you from we used to sing the song when I was a boy it said he set me free yes he set me free he broke the bonds of prison for me I'm glory bound my Jesus to see glory to God he set me free if he set you free give God a praise right now three people and say I'm free I'm free I'm free hey the Bible said in Galatians 5 1 it is for freedom that Christ has set us free huh it is for freedom that Christ has set us free he hey listen you can be saved and bound you can be saved and still living in your past you can be saved and still jacked up but Galatians 5.1 said it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You shouldn't be bound by depression. You shouldn't be bound by fear. I'm about to take my throwback Reebok off and hit somebody in the head with it because the truth is some of y'all have been living in a season where the enemy is trying to bind you up. But the Lord said it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. If you believe Christ set you free for freedom's sake, one, two, three, we give God a shout. Freedom means I have the ability to choose. It means I make my decision whether or not I'm going to be free. And I know I'm free. Listen, when I choose freedom over bondage, I choose joy over a depression, peace over torment, breakthrough, freedom over bondage. Hear me in this place today. The Bible said he broke their chains to pieces. He broke the bars in two. T-W-O, God is about to break things in two that are holding you. I know I'm free when I rely on God's strength and not my own. You say, well, Pastor, I can't break it. God can. Don't rely on your strength. Rely on his. But here's the deal. Don't get it bent. We didn't get free. We were set free. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. You go ahead and sit there. Holler and say, you go ahead and sit there. 
say you go ahead and sit there but not me I got to thank him because I didn't get free I was set free yeah 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 I didn't break out he broke me out I didn't get free he set me free It's time for you to reject what Satan has said about you. Reject your own fear and unbelief and declare in the name of Jesus, I am free, free from sin, free from addiction, free from depression, free from homosexuality, free from anxiety, free from my past, free from sin, free from my, y'all ain't saying nothing now. It gets quiet in here when I start talking about things that God can actually set you free from. Yes, he can set you free from addiction. Yes, he can set you free from alcoholism. Yes. He can't set you free from sexual. I dare somebody who believes that he can take care of all of it. Give God a praise right now. Last thing, tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Anybody, anybody, anybody who has been set free by Jesus ought to be thankful have you been set free can you clap your hands can you shout unto god oh hallelujah thank you jesus 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 for every mountain you brought me over for every trial you've seen me through for every blessing thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you that i survived the desert thank you jesus thank you that i made it through the storm thank you jesus thank you that you heal my disease thank you jesus thank you that you set me free Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Stand on your feet. Clap your hands like you lost your mind. Clap your hands like he made a way. Shout unto God like he's mighty good. Shout unto God like you come through a storm. Shout unto God like you made it through a desert. Shout unto God like he healed your disease. Shout unto God like he broke the chain. Yeah. finish see Jewish people when they survive a car wreck or they survive a bus wreck or they survive a plane crash they are thankful for the captain that got them through it they are thankful for whoever was driving that made wise decisions that helped them live but in the end Every Jewish person says there was something greater at work. If something greater and someone greater had not been at work, I would not have survived it. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you're only here because there was someone greater at work in your situation. 
It wasn't your money. It wasn't your wisdom. It wasn't your religion. But it was the Lord at work in your life. And the Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever for people. I don't know if I can find them this morning. I don't know if they came to church this morning. But there's four people that ought to be eternally thankful that your thanksgiving ought not get stole or stale or robbed these kind of four people the ones who've come through a desert ought to be thankful the one who made it through a storm ought to be thankful the one who had any dis-ease healed ought to raise their hands and be thankful that he sent his word and he healed our diseases anybody that's had any bondage broken off of their lives can't be cute about it they gotta be thankful eternally thankful tell your neighbor say neighbor let's be eternally thankful if you make if you make an appointment with Jim Rayleigh and you see me 25,000 years from now look for a brother I'll be the one walking around saying thank you Jesus Whew. thank you Jesus I remember thank you Jesus that's an offering that heaven says will never run out. That's an offering that will never be suspended. You're gonna always be thankful. See, the real truth is some people are in a season of frustration right now because your ingratitude has trapped you in a season that God wants to bring you out of. And nothing will keep you trapped in a season more than ingratitude. Because why should God do the next thing for you if you haven't even thanked him for the last thing that he already did? So this Friday, in honor of Thanksgiving, we're going to release this song, Thank You, Jesus. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to download it. I need you to share it. I want to start a grassroots effort to send thankful thanksgiving all over America and around the world to Jesus. Are there any Jesus people in the house? We're going to sing this song through. Slip up your hands if you're a Jesus person. Sing thank you Jesus. Come on y'all.
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, what does your thanksgiving look like? Come on, let's be thankful right now. So, Lord, we raise our hands before you and we tell you thank you. Thank you for every desert that you brought us through. Thank you for every dry place that was only the escape route to the better place. Thank you for every dis-ease, every moment we were without ease. We raise our hands and say thank you for what we've made it through, body, soul, mind, and spirit. Jehovah Rapha, thank you. We hold our hands up and tell you thank you, Lord, for every storm that you helped us. Come on, if he helped you make it through a storm, just say thank you right now. Every storm, Father, we hold our hands up and say thank you for every, every bit of bondage that you broke off of our lives. We honor you. We are eternally thankful. Last week, 142 people made a decision to follow Jesus. Can you give God a shout for that right here in Calvary? How many of you are Jesus followers? Wave at me right now. I'm following. I want you to, I want you to get ready. Pastor Josh is going to close us in prayer. Nobody leave for a moment. You're always good. Your love endures. I give you Say that again. Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.